Hey, I'm not surprised, motherfuckers. <laughs> What's up, guys? Well, of course, that's on our podcast today. I'm Josh Evanoff. He is the one and only Angel Ortega. Uh, a lot of stuff to talk about this week. Uh, we got some UFC stuff, some Bellator, NBA, and some fan questions that you guys went ahead and sent in through our social medias. Uh, before we get into that and more, I'm going to talk to you guys about Rogue Energy. Rogue Energy was founded in January 2017 to be the best gaming drink in the world. Build a premium stack of the form of delicious energy and focus drink. It's designed to place unhealthy can energy drinks, coffee, and even traditional pre-workouts. Rogue Energy is sugar-free and is loaded with vitamins, antioxidants, and nootropics. They're designed for Rogue Energy for emerging professional competitive gaming market and continues to have fantastic carryover and success. Students, athletes, entrepreneurs, and anyone looking to optimize their mental and physical performance. If you want 10% off your order, use the code SOUNDOFF at checkout. That's code SOUNDOFF at checkout for 10% off of all your energy needs. Last Saturday night from the USC Apex in Las Vegas, Nevada, Sarah Ogon got... The big win he's been waiting for for a long time. Uh, obviously, he did the, the Yarzinho Rosen strike win of last year, but it never really, uh, well, earlier this year, I should say, in February, but it never really got that sort of um, big, it never felt like a big moment. I mean, he knocked out JDS, um, but obviously JDS has been going down here for quite a long time. Man, this was just one-sided traffic against a guy in Alexander Volkov who, I mean, you and I talked about it before, you know, before this fight about how he's probably the best stand-up striker in the division, especially, especially technically wise. And Sierra Gon went in there and he put it on him. Uh, he outpointed the guy who's probably the best technical striker in the division. We thought going in, man, um, you asked me last week how you thought, like I, I said, you asked me how Sierra Gon could possibly win this fight, man. Uh, even I did not see that coming. Um, he did it in a way that we least expected outpointing him on the feet, man. What are your thoughts about Cyril Gon moving forward in the division and also his win over Volkov? Uh, I mean, good for him. I mean, if it did happen, I did have the idea that, like, it go to this since he stretched it out. I didn't think he finished Volkov. Uh, and obviously a little sad for Volkov because obviously he's, uh, you know, he's been, he's had his ups, his downs. Uh, man, he just needs to let his hands go, man. Honestly, he could have won that fight. I, I, he, he really wasn't. Realistically, he could have, he could have made those rounds really hard to judge and snuck away with a good victory here. Uh, obviously, Gon is a very mobile very talented guy uh, in the division, and obviously we'll get into the news that came out uh, literally. What is it? This last, this earlier this week regarding what's going to be happening with him going forward, and uh, I, I hope we see Volkov again. Honestly, Josh, uh, obviously we know what's happening for Gone. We're not going to get into that right now. But what's next for Volkov? Uh, obviously the division's kind of in a weird spot. He lost the Blades. Blades coming off the loss. Uh, obviously Derek has a fight schedule, which we're about to talk here about in a bit. Uh, uh, Yarzinho has his fight scheduled. What is next for Volkov? Man, look look at the roles we're getting reversed. You actually went ahead and asked me the question. Uh, as far as what's next for Volkov, man, I mean, take your pick at, like, the lower half of the top ten. Um, I, I think most of the division is kind of um, booked okay. at the moment. I know, obviously, they just announced a title fight. I know Ganu, he's not going to be fighting. Um, I mean... Maybe I mean actually they booked Jorginho. Maybe Shamil Abdurahimov. Maybe Tyboris. He's booked. got to win. He's booked. Uh, Shamil is booked against Chris Dawkins. So I was Shamil thinking is that. Booked. Or, uh, I yeah. think Tybura then. Yeah, that I think Tybura is the most realistic one. Um, yeah, I think that'd be a good fight. Reasonable, uh, good challenge, and uh, pushes him decently up the rankings if he gets that win. I was, he would go up uh, two spots, which would be fair, I think, for him. It's not a bad fight, and obviously Volkov's coming off a loss. So yeah, I agree with that. That's good. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and so as far as that goes, um, I mean, look, man, I, I don't want to really get too much into Stirogon right now just because we'll be talking about him in a couple of minutes uh, with the news of his fight against Derek Lewis. Um, but we can go ahead and move down to the uh, um, the co-main events. Uh, sort of a heavyweight fight. We win in <laughs> the first ever cruiserweight fight. Tanner Bozer, man, uh, picking up the win over Vince St. Preux. Uh, not without controversy. Yep, yep. Um, he did knock him out in the second round. Obviously, round one was all Bozer. I mean, he looked like he was on pace to just completely dominate OSP. Uh, however, um, he um, in that second round, OSP took him down. He got the body lock. I believe he may have also gotten full mount at one point. 
Um, he looked like he was doing some good work on the ground. Bozer managed to work his way to the fence. Uh, he pulled himself up with the fence, uh, allegedly. Still, we don't know. It was not a good camera angle, but um, um, yeah. So as far as that goes, and then he proceeded to get up and knocked out OSP with the right hand. Um, so Angel, yeah. what are your thoughts on sort of the controversy with the situation? And uh, I mean, uh, it was looking good for Bozer first of all, which obviously he was in big need of a win, and I still don't name for him. Granted, OSP been down, going down a bit. Uh, but uh, I said, you know, I was like, hey, man, I wouldn't count out OSP because OSP can get a sneaky, you know, submission here, take him down. Obviously, we've seen, you know, there's some trouble there with Bozer maybe. Uh, obviously, on the hands and feet, obviously, Bozer's going to have an advantage. Good hands, good movement, active, hard to finish. Uh, but, yeah, I mean, the controversy was definitely something. Obviously, like I said, we don't have a good camera angle. Uh, for me, the big thing was he could have just, like, had like in like not held in and the fingers could have gone through and he pushed himself up right mm. uh but uh, obviously with the bad camera angle we weren't gonna get that obviously a mistake out of the ref because the ref could have stopped it put him back in a neutral position and uh you know the knee from bozer which then led to the i guess following hit that came in and you know the finish because i'm pretty sure he need him out of that like they got up he was still kind of he was coming uh osp was coming up from the guy and he caught him in the knee there which then led mm. to the combination and then uh, the finish, which, I mean, it was quick. It was really quick. I mean, it, it's, it, you know, the, the ref would have had to do a very, you know, quick reaction, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, but you got to give credit to the Bozer. I mean, he was looking good in the fight, and he did some good stuff. When he got taken down, like you said, he made it to, made his way to the cage and was able to, like, start working his way up and maybe get himself up. And he did end up getting himself up, but obviously there was that controversy there. So a good one for him out of that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, man, I mean, as far as the controversy goes – it's definitely i can there's not a good enough camera angle for me to say definitively oh yeah either way um but even then i think it was kind of this is what sucks about it because bozer was dominating this fight so he'll never get the credit for it you know what i mean yeah Yeah, he'll never get the good credit for it he won't and and osp yeah osp's older um he's a lot more gun shy because you know osp in his prime you know bad motherfucker man he, a great high kick, a lot of power in his hands. He's not looked that way for quite a while, but even then, still he's still a nice win to have on the resume. He was a top five guy at lightweight for a long time from a title challenger. Uh, Bozer's not going to get that recognition, and I thought he looked great, man, especially after the two losses in a row against Latifi and Arlovsky, man. He came back with a vengeance, so... Um, we'll I don't probably know see we, him again soon. <laughs> we probably will. I don't know if it was a uh, him holding the fence, but regardless of that, I still think it was a nice win. Yeah, yeah, that was a nice win. So we'll see who he comes up against here soon. Uh, I don't know. He's also in a weird spot. He's just got to make his way up, really got to work hard for it. But he will. He's young and has a lot of potential, and he's a good heavyweight. Mm-hmm. Of course. And as far as the rest of the card goes, my man, what are some of the fights you want to go and highlight? I mean, I and then, like I told you before the podcast, that uh, Josh, you know, I just want to, you know, want to make. I, I, I'm not, you know, I, I'm not going to say we weren't right, but we were. I'm not going to say we were right, but we were right. Yeah, we were right. <laughs> we, we were right about the the NBA playoffs. We were right about boxing, and we were right about this being a sneakily good card, man. I mean, it was it. We were on point last week when it came to a lot of stuff, and uh, even uh, yeah, no, it's it was awesome. Uh, I mean, God, dude, Josh, we could start literally anywhere. I mean, it was a it was a f- card full of excitement, uh, some sadness for some guys, uh, but uh, it ended up being very, very, very fun. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, man, it was it was a really really fun card, especially some of those prelims. I mean, the main card itself did have some fun moments, some sad moments too. Obviously, uh, the Feely Pineda fight, um, that was a banger. Andre Feely probably looking the best he's ever looked, and then an eye poke in the second round, which really really sucked. Um, but like like you said, man, Hanamoy Kano got a submission win. Fine. Um, Tim the Dirty Bird means beating Nicholas Dalby. Uh, Julia Vila defeating Julia Sedlarenko. Uh And then our boy, dude, Justin Janes. Damn, that must have sucked. Split um, decision, dude. The pain. The heartbreak. And that was a fight that was really close, dude. I remember he had him rocked really badly in the third round. And then he shot for a takedown. And he, I mean, damn, man. <laughs> that really sucks. 
there's no other way to say it, man. I felt really bad for the guy. I hope he's back. I really hope he's back because um, he's never been in a boring fight so far in the UFC, and he's had a murderer's row of guys. I mean, Frank Camacho, Gavin Tucker, Gabriel Benitez, Devontae Smith, and Charles Rosa. That's rough, man. Yeah, no, you're right. It has been. As far as I know, I highlighted some of the fights here. What are some of the ones that you particularly found most impressive or most most interesting to highlight? Oh, man, uh, Kennedy and Zawuku, man. Uh, once again, uh, just pulling it out out of nowhere, dude. Granted, it probably shouldn't have been like that. He probably could have fought a better fight as a whole. Uh, but Danilo Marquez, man, I mean, that first round, Josh, did you watch that fight? Like, I don't know if he caught the prelims. I know sometimes we don't get to always catch him. I did not see that fight, unfortunately. Dude, around one, Josh, he gets him in a body triangle for the whole round. For the whole round. These guys were tall. So they're hanging over the fence, Josh. Mm-hmm. And Kennedy's making it even easier for him to hang on. He's, like, leaning on the fence. So all the weight that Danilo has is leaning against him. Whole round. He's having to fight off the hands. I mean, good job for him, right? Obviously, Danilo didn't get to do anything with it. But it was just the fact that he had to carry Danilo Marquette, another light heavyweight on his back during the entire round. Loses that mm-hmm. round. Uh, a lot of argument over where it wasn't supposed to be. If it should have been a 10-9 or 10-8, obviously it didn't matter because it didn't go to cards. But uh, I, I don't know what I want. I don't know what my true opinion on it. A lot of the people's argument was he didn't do anything for it. But I'm like, at the same time, that is control for the whole round. And the other guy doesn't do anything. So should the other guy really be credited that much with just a 10-9 round? Mm-hmm. I mean, once again, getting into the you know the whole thing with judging. But granted, like I said, it didn't end up going to the cards, so it doesn't even matter. Uh, second round... Uh, you know, it, it was a little back and forth-ish. It ends up on the ground. And a third round, Kennedy comes out, man, and, and really lets his hands go. He doesn't have to, you know, he doesn't uh, pull back too much. He's not trying to, you know, really go for those heavy hits. He's just, he's just, you know, throwing his combinations. And then, you know, he starts, you know, piling them up, building it up, and ends up getting to finish. Uh, uh, you know, TKO, ref stops it. Uh, it, was, it was a good win, man. Mm-hmm. Yeah, man, I did see the finish of that. It looked very impressive. Um, so good for him to go ahead and get the win. I mean, he's definitely a guy that has an interesting trajectory in the UFC, right? I mean, he, he, two fights and he was already on the contender series, you know, six fights and he was in the UFC and now he's got three wins in a row. He's only lost to Paul Craig. I'm not sure if he's in the rankings yet, but he should be six, five. He's huge for that division. So that kid has a lot of potential still in his twenties. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So hopefully he keeps going, keeps improving. He's a, he's a fun guy. He, he has a lot of work on it though, for sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and as, as far as the rest of the card goes, man, unfortunately, our boy, uh, Michael Pereira's and, and the fight of 5-6 against 6-3 came out of the wrong end. Now, that really sucked, but... Uh, that first round, he didn't look bad, though. Let me tell you. No, like, I do, man. I, I know, if I remember right, it, it did look bad near the end of that first round, if I remember right. Yeah. I tried to watch it earlier today. I can't remember right now because I, I tried to rewatch a lot of the fights today to get mm-hmm. ready for today. But, yeah, man, he didn't look bad in that first round. I mean, I remember he hit him with a nice overhand, and, and, and I was like, oh, okay, let's go. Like, early on in the first round, some good leg kicks. But, yeah, no, that was uh, – yeah, I didn't think he was going to come out of that one, sadly. Mm-hmm. Yeah, man, so as, as far as that goes, and as far as that whole card goes, like you said, it was, it was quite a fun one. Um, however, that was not the only MMA card last week. Uh, we did have a Bellator one. Not – as fun, I'd say, but there was still uh, it was a pretty good card overall, honestly. Main events: Valentin Moldovsky, like I said, we we both couldn't pick against him. Fedor team man, good prospect, young kid, 29, defeating Tim Johnson. Tim Johnson, man, he showed his heart. He showed that he is improved, but at the end of the day, nice win by Moldovsky. What do you think about that fight and him uh, becoming the Bellator interim heavyweight champ? Uh, just, you know, just wanted to put it out there, Josh, you, you, uh, you're giving me a little shit for telling you, Hey man, you know, Tim Johnson, maybe he could, and Tim Johnson did not look bad, Josh, Tim Johnson. No, but I know, but the, 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 he didn't win though. He didn't he, win. He didn't win, but you thought this guy was going to get come down here and get starched. Like he had a competitive no, no, I never fight. said he was going to get starched. I never said that, but I he said never, he wasn't going to win. And he lost almost, he lost all five rounds on one judge's scorecard. And then he only won one on the other two. So it's hey, like, Hey man, you know how these judges be though. They, they really be, you know, gas. Why, man what rounds did you give Tim Johnson? I, I didn't keep a scorecard, but I, I, oh, I of thought course you did. <laughs> I, I thought he made a good account of himself. He, you know what I mean? He absolutely did. Because I think, I, wasn't I, think a lot of people Johnson, look, I think a lot of people would have looked at Tim Johnson, like just looked at Tim Johnson and would have been like, I don't know. I thought Tim Johnson looked good. He brought the fight to the man at points. He made Valentine step back. I just want to say, no, I just I've wanna, always I, been a I, fan I, of Tim Johnson I and just, the mustache, but at the same time, I didn't. He didn't really. 
first of all, at no point was he actually really winning that fight. So I, my point still stands. I mean, you know, I, I was just like, you never know, man. Like, he's if he's staying in it, it's not like he was getting dominated or anything. Like, he wasn't, like, getting, like, fucking Calvin Catered, you know what I mean? Well, I mean, to be fair, historically speaking, literally nobody else has been Calvin Catered. Yeah, no one has been Calvin Catered, I know. That was four 10-8 rounds. He <laughs> Calvin Caked. No, I'm just kidding. I, I think he legit. It was either three or four ten eight rounds. It was just. It was fucking brutal, man. I, yeah, historically I speaking, nobody's been cavalcaded. But but you know, but, but you know, let's let's pull it back a little bit here, man. I just I just want to give a little love to Tim Johnson and say, hey, he has potential. He yeah. he he came out and bit and was competitive. He didn't get finished, and he could find himself in this situation very soon. Granted, because Bellator's, you know, all his, their divisions are like massively stacked, so it wouldn't be very. Hard to see him back here again, but still, you know, uh, maybe he comes back and even has a better performance. You know, he learns. I mean, he 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 is definitely his skills are good. Um, uh, I think the one thing that, that for him that sucks is I think he wishes he was at this point in his career now, like Espel's skills and 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 kind of what he's developed now when he was younger. Mm-hmm. I think that's the one thing he wishes. I'll give him credit. I mean, look, Moldovsky. I almost felt like that was kind of the story of the fight. Is what you're saying? Um, that Tim Johnson came out looking like better than most people thought because. I mean, let's give him credit. Um, he never really got that big moments. Like, even whenever he, you know, him, he beat Congo in France to get the title shot. But that was a split decision. I, I remember thinking that Congo won that fight anyway. Um, and then, obviously, he beat, he knocked out Matt Mitrione and he knocked out Tyrell Fortune. But those were, like, those were COVID events, so nobody was even there. He never really got the, he got the, he never got the applause. So, even in a fight where he lost, I was glad to see him get, a, get some shine. Uh, Moldovsky, though, moving forward, man. For Ryan Bader's sake, I hope that he does not fight this man. I think that's a really bad matchup for him. Uh, Valentina or Tim Johnson? I'm saying, I'm saying, like for for Bader to fight Moldovsky, it's a bad matchup for Bader. Well, yeah, it's an extremely mobile guy who can also wrestle. <laughs> <laughs> it's probably like the worst thing you can do at heavyweight. Like the worst, like as far as MMA do, the guy who's really mobile at heavyweight has pretty decent hands and can wrestle will fuck you up like 99 yeah. percent of the time. For sure, for sure, and. I mean, overall, though, it was a really entertaining fight. I, I, I like to see that fight. At some point in the future, obviously, Bader's going to be tied up for quite a while. Oh, yeah. Um, but we'll go ahead and see. We'll see what happens. Um, as far as the co-main events, man. I'm not surprised, was motherfuckers. Wasn't even close. Uh, Liz Carmouche, I know we did both pick her, but Liz Carmouche has not had a stoppage win since July 2013 when she knocked out Jessica Andrade. Damn, she wasted no time. 35 seconds in, she TKOs Kana Watson B, just throws a huge flurry, tags her, drops her. 35 seconds in, man. Carmouche is next with a title shot. There's no other argument. Uh, what are your thoughts about her win over Kana Watson B? I mean, dude, we got 35 seconds. I mean, what, what, do, what do you want me to say, man? I mean, it was, I mean, it was, I mean, it was perfect <laughs> for her, right? It, it was literally perfect, yeah. I mean, as far as it goes, she deserved the title shot next. There's not a whole lot we can say, unfortunately. But just absolute props to her, man. Just because, I mean, we did both pick her to win, but not like a capacity like that. I mean, I said it before that, like, she is levels above a lot of those Bellator girls. But damn, dude. Like, that was rough. And I mean, it, it, granted, it's because a lot of them are young. None of them have a lot of, like, nearly as much experience. Not even the champ has fought as much as her. You know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, it's, it's just the truth. And, uh, yeah, I don't know. And then I hope kind of want it to be comes back too because I really do like her style. I think she's fun to watch. I, I mean, and and I knew that, and I already thought the striking wasn't to be an issue anyways. Uh, I was just like, is my whole thing was like I didn't know what kind of fight Carmouche was gonna come out and fight, and that isn't that wasn't even a case. She just came out and put her out, so <laughs> there was no question about it. Mm-hmm. For sure, man. And as far as um, the rest of the card goes, outside of Karmush's win and obviously Moldovsky's win, what are some of the fights you want to go and you want to go ahead and highlight? Well, the one I didn't get to comment on last week, Soren Bach, man. I mean, what a, what a <laughs> performance! I mean, this guy. I wish that guy was in the UFC so bad, dude. Also, dude, I just. I'm also I I love seeing so many different countries being represented in MMA, dude. For me, so that's I I love to see these guys, you know, from like all parts of the world. I and mean, he's from Denmark, and it's just cool to see a guy from another region, you know, to have mm-hmm. that kind of fan base and kind of that support from somewhere else, you know, and, and those Nordic guys were always really fun. So, and the Nordic mm. fans are amazing, man. Uh, in all sports, I, I, w- I watch a lot of soccer. So, you know, I, I, I see the love all around. Mm. For sure, man. And, sh- and so obviously you shout out Soren Bach getting the win. Um, the fight that I want to go ahead and highlight, man, man, 
I would never would expect this in millionaires. Sydney Outlaw. Sydney Outlaw, if you guys don't know him, I don't blame you. He's not exactly a huge name. I mean, he's 29. He's been in Bellator for quite a while, man. Um, and he's taking on Miles Jury. Obviously, one, one of the top fights on the card, uh, Miles Jury has been um, – Ever since he moved over to Bellator, he's been one of more one of their more top guys. Um, but dudes, Sydney Outlaw, man, coming off the winner out of Piccolotti, and he just completely dominated this fight. He was on him like fucking glue, my guy. Um, obviously, Sydney Outlaw's biggest moment in Bellator before was getting knocked out by Michael Chandler, and he just went in there and dominated him for three rounds. He got the submission. I had him two ten eight rounds before that. He just he beat the dog shit out of him. Uh, so shout out Sydney Outlaw. Never would have expected that. And also shout out Daniel Viachel getting another win, getting back on the win column as well on the main card. Um, but Angel, as far as Bellator goes, I know we went ahead and highlighted the fights. We want to go and highlight. We highlighted the USC card as well. You ready to get in some, into some fan questions, my man? I am, man. I'm excited. Obviously, there's no MMA this week, but that does not matter because next week. You have a pay-per-view, man, and it's a big one, Josh. Uh, it is. It's it's the big one. The it, maybe the biggest. UFC 264. Obviously, we're not going to talk about it today. We're going to talk about it on the night before. Uh, plenty of the day of when we're together. Because funny enough, for the first time in who knows how many years, me and Josh are actually going to be together watching a whole pay-per-view together. So this is going to be a great podcast when we come together. For sure. And you know what's funny about it? It's like I never thought about it until you said that. Like for the first time in how many years? Like. I mean, I know we used to, like, watch um, – we'd, like, call each other over Skype, like how we're doing now, and then we watch it. Is this possibly the first time – I know that we, like, went and saw Bellator, like, at the Cinemark. Mm-hmm. Like, is this the first time we've, like, we've ever, like, hung out together and watched a card in person? And maybe in, like, history on Saturday. Maybe in three or four years to, like, actually, like, in person. That's what I'm saying, because if you include the Bellator one, you know what I mean? Yeah. So it's it's been a fat minute. So I mean that one's gonna be a lot of fun. Obviously we're gonna preview next week. Insane card. Connor's back. Um, just to go ahead. The Connor Dustin Chili gonna be absolutely insane. But obviously, like you said, no UFC this week, no belts this week either. No PFL, no nothing. Um, and obviously when it's a situation like that, we go ahead and call on some fan questions. We call across all of our social media avenues: Twitter, Instagram, Snapchat, email, fucking anything. If you want to go ahead and send in your questions. Uh, we got a couple of them here. I see, actually, most fun fact, all of these came through Instagram. Either the Instagram. Courtside, courtside Sound Off Instagram page, or I got a couple on my Instagram as well. Uh, firstly, so this is ties back into what we talked about earlier with Serogon. What are your early thoughts on Serogon versus Derek Lewis? Um, obviously, this interim title fight just got announced um, for the August pay-per-view in Houston, in H-Town. Man, I mean, as far as a fight itself, I think we're both going to be in agreement. That's an that's an awesome fight. I, I almost want to call it a 50-50 because Derek Lewis is so explosive that, you know, it can go either way. But it's, what, are your, what are your thoughts on the situation itself? Because we've never really seen anything like this, especially, and it's so weird considering it comes in the heavyweight division, which has been tied up for the last three years with no activity. And now that Ngannou wants one more month, they're throwing an interim title into it. What are your thoughts on the matchup itself and just the whole situation? I mean, it's it's bullshit, man, for Ngannou, really. I mean, they, they could have made that fight happen. I don't know what their whole logic was behind it. I mean, we saw Stipe and plenty of other champs hold up the division for a long time. And for some reason, they don't want to give Ngannou, like, another another bit of time just to come back and get ready. Like, And it's not like—and and, and like I said, Josh, theoretically, Ngannou's a guy who could defend the title four times or five times in a year, depending on how his fight goes. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like— Ngannou could literally fight one week and maybe fight the next week of a fall end of events falls out. You know, that's that's the, that's how talented he is because of the way he finishes fights. And he's finished multiple fights in recent time in the first round. I mean, his last fight only went to the, what was it, the second round? No, it took Stipe to the second. Uh, so it, it, it was just really sad and disappointing to see that. Obviously, I mean, I was ready for the second fight, man. I mean, we whenever they had originally fought, that was a fight that was like, oh, these, men, these guys are going to come out do this, do that. But now Ngannou's champ, things are different. Derek's a big contender. And Cyril gone after beating Volkov and just days later announcing that he will be fighting Derek Lewis, which, I mean, I'm, I'm kind of surprised that Derek's kind of more, you know, he, he said he was just 
for a while, he seemed kind of a guy who just fought to fight. You know what I mean? Now he's fighting because he's kind of like, okay, I want to win. You know, like it's not necessarily being champ, but like to win, win. You know what I mean? Like these are opportunities now. Like the money's getting better now. That's what I'm saying. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And he was down for that uh, in Ganu fight. And plus, like he's a funny guy, good personality, really easy to market. Uh, and 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 then was and then along with Francis, it would have just you know obviously his whole story. I mean, it just would have been a very easy storyline with this. I feel like. Uh, it's just like Sorrel's an interesting guy in it itself. Obviously, quick come up, very talented, uh, super athletic. Uh, doesn't speak much English, uh, but it's 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 decent enough. But it's just like you you guys. I thought they really dropped the ball on this because it's like you guys would have had Sorrel gone there regardless. You know. Uh, yeah, and in a weird way, it's knocking out one of these guys as a title contender in a division in heavyweight where that's really it's really important. <laughs> Yeah, like, it's very hard to get guys. Because they all they all generally, they, I mean, let's be honest, they generally lose a lot. I mean, like the top guys, I mean, Volkov just lost. Yerzino is coming off a win, but before that, he lost, what, two in a row? Mm-hmm. Um, is coming off a loss. John is having his financial stuff with the UFC, so he's not going to fight for a while. Why are you taking this fight and making one of these dudes no longer a viable title contender? It makes no sense. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's 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 the other big thing because it's like you could have had these two guys fight in title fights, you know. Now you don't get that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and so as far as that goes, I know you went ahead and gave your opinion, but I don't know, man. It's on the fight itself. I I think we're pretty much gonna find that middle ground where don't. It'll fight. be fun. It'll be it'll no be complaint. fun. Yeah, no no complaints for the fight. It's just it's not what I wanted because we had and gone there Lewis. Like I, I was ready for it, man. Like if you told me today or if I was in charge, right, and they're like, okay. You get to make one of these two fights happen. Which one do you want? I want Francis and Ghani and Derek. Yeah, I'm gonna be 100% real with you. That's you a more I, appealing fight to me. Yeah, and you and I have also been vocal on this because it's like I remember when that fight first got announced, like the the you know the second fight between them got announced. Most people were like, "Oh, that's that's why you're gonna do that." The first fight sucked. You and I have been very vocal on the show really since the beginning. Um, that if you ran that fight back. They should run it back. It'd be a lot of fun, probably. I mean, we got the worst. If they ran that fight a million times, we got the worst result in real life. That's what happened. So I, I you know what, man? I, I'm sad this fight got made because I know Cedric Gon Derek Lewis, awesome fight. I love both these dudes, right? And it is a true 50 50. Um, it, but it's just, it's not what I wanted. It's not what I wanted at all. No, no, but definitely. as far as that, thanks for that fan question. Uh, unfortunately, I did not write down names. Uh, I just went in. Just know until, your question was answered, and that you are mad that you matter and you are loved. Ex- that's that's very nice of you, Angel. That's that's a lot more nice than I was gonna say. Uh, um, the Josh is like, "Fuck you, don't." No, have, no, no not that. I mean, no, not, just, uh, no, no, not that. But yeah. Um, so second one, um, favorite sports video game of all time. Oh. You want to go first? Or you want me to go first? You know what, man? I put a lot of thought into this question, but I am gonna go ahead and let you go first. Uh, WWE All Stars, if that counts. I know WWE that's such like All Stars. Co- I know that's such a cop out, but it was really fun. I hope that counts. No, that counts. I'll go ahead and let that count because you know what mine is. Josh is like WWE All Stars as well. WWE All Stars. <laughs> no, it is. The, I, I have I have a two way tie, and I know this is probably cheating. SmackDown versus Raw 2008. I I played that game so many hours. Obviously, it is WWE game. You know that that 2008 roster. That was the first one. I think it, like I think that was probably my first WWE game I played. It was like on the Xbox 360. Um, I put so many hours into it. It's probably like the only. I'm not even joking. It's legitimately probably one of like three or four games throughout my entire life that I've 100%ed. Like I remember like as a kid, they had like the like the hardest difficulty and like one was like to get it like um take stone cold steve austin and beat the rock or something on expert or something and they took me like weeks <laughs> and, I, and i finally got it that's one of my favorite gaming memories of all time second place madden i think 2012 i, I one- do another weird one here in a second and i'll do like a traditional sport just because it's kind of like i know it's yeah. kind of like cop out ish but it still counts yeah, I'm going to go Madden 12, 2012 because I think that's the one that had Peyton Hillis, mm-hmm. uh, the former Cleveland Browns running back, like the fat white guy who for one reason, like you guys, nobody remembers Peyton Hillis these days, but like he's just fat white dude and she'll go pilot to him sometime. He played for Cleveland 
and he was just a bad motherfucker for one year, man. He was just he was just killing it. He was running over dudes. He was insane. But yeah, I'm gonna go Madden 12. What was your other gaming pick? Uh, I was gonna do another one that's kind of like niche-ish, and then I'll do like two traditional ones. Yeah. So I was gonna say like Need for Speed Undercover. I know. And like Gran Turismo, like back in the day, like those, like during that time, the Gran Turismo that was out during that time, those old, older games. If you, I don't know if you ever played any of those. I did play the Gran Turismo games, but I was more of a, uh, I wasn't really a fan of that type of a racing game, honestly. I know, I know, it's a little different. Yeah. And then, did you ever play Need for Speed Undercover? Need for Speed Undercover was amazing, but I'm a Need for Speed Hot Pursuit type of man. Oh fuck off! <laughs> you, you've been seeing. I've been playing it on Xbox this past week ever since it got dude, added. On to Game for, if, uh, dude, if somehow I can get Need for Speed Undercover on play on Xbox One, I'll get it. If I can't, I'll try to find a way to get it on PC because it's such a fun game. Such a good game. For sure. Good story too. But then like we're kind of more like I do like like FIFA 15 back in the day. Like one of the like, first FIFAs I started playing like very early. I didn't play FIFA very early on, but there was that that it was like one of the last good FIFAs. And then 2K16, which was like the last good 2K. Man, 2K, I, it, it sucks. Like I that was probably the last good 2K. I mean you're right. Probably actually I, you know, I take that back. I enjoyed 2K17 or 18. I can't remember which one though. But it's been like three or four years now of just straight ass 2K. There was one of those that was decent. I can't remember which one you're, you're talking. I don't can't remember which one it is, but you're right. One of those. Was, I think it was. I think it was 2018. I want to say. I don't know, but one, there was one in there that was fucking atrocious, dude. I can't remember what it was. I remember 2019 was pretty. 2019 was pretty bad, and then 2020 was worse, and then this year. This one's all right. It's all right, but like, it's somebody who like plays almost strictly franchise. Nothing's in there for me. Oh, like, it I, 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 I play I play all the game modes pretty much. So, yeah, I, I don't know. It's, it's 16 was just really good for me. I, I I know it was as far as like a lot of people. There's a good community that plays my team, and then that was one of the more lacking my team years. But it was still really fun. My team was. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I was never a big my team guy though. Also. Um, but a lot of those basketball games do have, like, a special place in my heart. Some of those, like, earlier 2Ks. Like, not earlier, but you know what I mean. Like, 2K11, 2K12, shit like that. I wonder if there's any other sports game that I'm missing that I can't think of or sport sport light game that maybe I can't think of off the top of my head. Shit, Wii Sports, my guy. The fuck? Wii Sports. Oh, my God. Classic, hey, all jokes aside, Wii Sports is a fun game. I don't give a fuck what anybody says. Wii Bowling is still my shit, dude. Like, I got. I've. I've legitimately contemplated buying a Wii again, just so I could play Wii Sports. I mean, like, dude, bowling, baseball, golf. Nothing compared to Boxing. the amazing Xbox Game Pass game, golf with your friends. However, the Wii Sports version is still pretty fun. But yeah, no, I'd, I'd say that's probably a good little, you know, a couple games there that we picked that that they're pretty good. That's those are some good picks. Shout out to basically all. I mean, I I, sh- I said it's probably my favorite, but like all the SmackDown versus Raw games, just all of them. Perfect. Can I count? Can I count Super Smash Brothers Melee? <laughs> Super <laughs> Smash Brothers Melee. How was that? A- <laughs> Technically, they're fighting, Josh. So it's combat and combat. So that's because they're fighting. It's a sport. So yes. I mean, so does that mean I'm allowed to count Call of Duty? modern warfare because then we might have an <laughs> argument going because there is hand-to-hand combat Actually, you, at know, times. you know what was a good guy dude what was it super mario versus sonic olympic games on the wii was fucking fun if you ever played that sleeper fucking game if mm-hmm. anybody out there has a wii and like go and like is able to get the game go out and get it fucking fun game trust me that's a fun game that is a you, fun game you played it yeah i have oh my fucking guy so you know what's up then yeah i mean well well, also, since we're down this path, does that mean we can go ahead and uh, if if we're going to Dragon Ball Z, I gotta go ahead and say, which Dragon Ball Fighter Z? That's the one I'm thinking of. That one's classic because they're fighting. <laughs> Shit. So we can include Mortal Kombat, Street Fighters. Just put the whole you know. Yeah. The whole fighting genre games under it. <laughs> the entire fighting genre. I mean, man. <laughs> oh, All right. Man. So, I mean, but you know, we, you know, we have to exclude all the fucking EA UFC games, all of them, all of them. I don't, oh my God. I can't believe I forgot one of them. Fight night champion, fight night, yeah. all the fight night games up. actually. All of them. Oh, that's some good shit right there. Yeah. Fight night round uh, three was my, fir- one of my first favorite sports games. Um, but yeah, man, I'm going to go ahead and. I, I think we gave a lot of answers there, but I mean, we're, we're sports guys who like also play video games and are for the most of our spare time. So I, I think, I think we're exempt for, you know, giving a bit of a longer answer. 
Oh, yeah. Um, as far as this next one goes, man, it kind of ties in with the NBA talk um, that we were going to have later on in the show, but we're going to do it now. After this postseason, uh, should the Paul George criticism stop? Now, obviously, this is in reference to Paul George pretty much putting the Clippers on his back for the f- the majority of the playoffs. Obviously, Kawhi was out after um, after round one. He was out. I think he played two games with the Jazz series, something along those lines. But for the most part, he was out for the playoffs. And during that time, Paul George just absolutely killed it. Now, he did get eliminated by the soon-to-be NBA Finals-bound Phoenix Suns. I mean, they are get... NBA Finals. I mean, they are NBA Finals-bound. No, I said they're like they're NBA final, like Finals-bound, like literally, as in like they're going to play next in the Finals. Oh, okay, um, okay. Yeah, but obviously he did you know, lose, and he is now out. But after putting the team on his back, man, what do you, do you think a lot of the criticism is like, you know, pandemic P – and a lot of the memes about him and about just how trash he is in the postseason. Think everybody's gonna make every, everybody's gonna always criticize any player, so it's never gonna stop. You know what I mean? Everybody will be shit on him. Anytime he misses a free throw, they'll make fun of him. I mean, dude, he did choke in that series with free throws. They could have won that game where they lobbed the ball to Aiden if he had made his free throws. Yeah, and then it's a completely different series. Yeah, and and yeah, it's completely different. And it's not even just that. I mean. Granted, there was multiple fucks of it, like Boogie not knowing the rule and just fucking like, hitting it straight at the fucking, you know. Yeah. <laughs> you know, shit like that also played a factor. There's a lot of things. It wasn't just him, you know. But it's like, there, there's a lot of things that have happened, and, and he did mess up and free. It, it's still going on. It's like, hey, man, it's 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 the pressure. It's part of it. I mean, criticism will never stop. Every player, any athlete will always be criticized. Very rarely can you say he shouldn't be criticized. Mm-hmm. For sure, man. I mean, that's just – it is what it is. At the end of the day, I'm still going to criti- criticize Paul George. I'm generally pretty lenient with a lot of my athlete criticism on the show unless they're literally racist or if they just do something that is ungodly stupid or – you know what I mean? But Paul George, I always – I just I just dislike Paul George. I mean, he <laughs> – the OKC situation never never felt right with me. You know what I mean? Like, he can't, he got traded here. That's fine. Year one, that's cool. It's all good. And then he literally threw a party stating he was coming back and he's going to win us a chip. And then one year in chokes in the playoffs, averages like fucking 12 points a game on terrible shooting uh, and then um, loses the Dame in the playoffs and then demands a trade. So it's just one literally one year into his contract. So that's never going to sit right with me until Paul George retires and then give it another five years. (laughs) I legitimately dislike Paul George more than Kevin Durant. So (laughs) I don't know. I mean, you have reasons that I will never n- not dislike KD. Not gonna lie to you, as well, a sports fan, not as a person. No, as a person, KD hilarious. I love his Twitter. Straight. Oh up. yeah, he's funny, dude. Great shit talk, by the way. Be be great. a great fighter if if he had that. If he could fight, dude. <laughs> if great. KD could throw hands, he'd be he'd be in heavyweight division making tons of bank right now. Oh yeah, dude. He'd be he'd be a guy. He'd he'd, he'd be a draw. <laughs> what else do we have? Or did I just knock my headset off? Can I still, am I still here, Josh? Yeah, you're still here. Sorry. Um, as far as that goes, uh, like I said, I mean, here's the thing where I come into rant for me personally. Um, I, I said that I hate Paul George more than Kevin Durant. I hate them both probably equally, but for different reasons. Like, it's just, I hate Paul George because, because of the OKC, I mean, because of the OKC situation, because, you know, requesting a trade 12 months and demanding because, like, you can't win with these cats or... That's what actually that's what KD said. But Paul George insinuated that he couldn't win with the team either, despite the fact like the Blazers series, he averaged like 12 points a game on like fucking 17 percent shooting or some horrific stat line. And then obviously he's the one who Dame scored over and he was like, oh, that's a bad shot. And I'm like, man, you just you look like a clown right now. Like that's I mean, I, I just like that. And then also KD, I just like for different reasons. Because like he basically ruined competitiveness in the NBA for at least three years. And then he tried it again this year. Yeah, he so, tried. He was close, too, by the way. He was close. It took a lot of injury. It took LaMarcus Aldridge ha- like having some sort of heart condition. And retiring. Uh, Kyrie getting injured. James Harden getting injured. Like, it took a lot. Uh, imagine a world, Josh, where we would have had the lineup of fully healthy Andre Drummond, Kevin Durant, Kyrie Irving, uh, James Harden, and LaMarcus Aldridge, also including K- you know, KD. I know, dude. It just it would not even. Although I think we're living in a good timeline right now, though, because I mean we're gonna be looking at the Suns against either the Bucks, 
or the Hawks. By the way, and, I can't say it right now. We're still on fan questions. Yeah, that's right. So <laughs> we'll go and get off this because we don't. I don't want to kind of like devalue the NBA talk, which is going to close out the show. Mm-hmm. Um, we're going to move on to our next fan question. Uh, this one actually comes in. I remember this one comes in from former host of the Courtside Sound Podcast, Nathaniel Beggert. Shout Nate out, Beggs. Nate. Shout out, Nate. Um, Nate the homie, obviously. Thoughts on Sage Northcutt and drug testing in one. Now, this is generally coming off of um, Sage obviously posting a recent picture where he looks shredded out of his fucking – He looks, he looks peeled out of his tree, all right? Um Obviously, man. I know one recently said that they were going to try to get drug testing in. There's been nothing since then. Um, and Sage looks like he's he's jacked. I and mean, what are your, what are your thoughts on the whole situation with one drug testing and um, obviously also just Sage Northcutt moving forward? I guess in one. Uh, I mean, as far as the drug testing in one, I mean that's you know we know it's non-existent and obviously, obviously they it, it, stuff works different over there for one. So it's kind of like. That's already a, a thing in of itself. We can't really, you know, give them a lot of shit for that. And plus that, it's not like the one and good, the one and also good and bad great thing about MMA is that the the promotions like Bellator, UFC, and one aren't sanctioning bodies, which is a mm. good thing, but also bad. You know what I mean? Yeah. There's certain things where people have to be. What's the word I'm looking for? Take is a liability. Is that what I'm trying to think about? Yeah, I believe so. Uh, you know, just just you know, take you know, if what if for whatever happens is taken what what they're doing. You know, I I guess it is liability is what I'm saying. They'd be liable for shit. You know, they need to be uh like, hey, if we want the sport to be clean and competitive and stuff like that, we need to be like giving the guy like number one and number two like belts and shit like that, you know, fighting for the title. We need to be drug testing on the regular, you know. And it's but and like I said, that that stuff that you know is that we miss out because it's not sanctioned. Like obviously, we have sanctioning bodies like the the, the Nevada Athletic Commission. I mean, there's no sanctioned bodies, but they're the athletic commissions, I guess, mm-hmm. is the proper way to put it. Who come in and like help with refing and and other shit like that. But there isn't like a WC, a WBC, a WBA, IBF that kind of like, okay, these guys have to fight because, you know, this is a man. And, and you know, it's, that's kind of stuff that I think we kind of lack in the MMA. But at the same time, it's also good because then we are able to make, we're able to make fights that we want to. I mean, there's a lot of issues like that. So we really do kind of get into this big kind of like a like deeper thing when it comes to having drug testing and being a big thing. And it should be, in my opinion, we should always have it in all sports. But it's just like I said, it's it's in a different country. So even regardless, just shit works differently over there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, of course. And like, look, my my stance on drug testing has almost always been this: Is Sage Northcutt like on steroids? That's kind of what like this question is partly insinuating. Yeah, probably. I don't is know. I mean, else... he he might be now. I will say this, Josh. I mean, Sage has always been shredded since he was a little kid. Yeah. I mean, he he has insane genetics and he works very hard. Is he? But is he still on something? Probably. But my he point is now. is that is that so is literally the vast majority and possibly I'd wager ninety percent of one FC. Oh yeah. I mean, let's and it's not to like dog them or anything because you still have to work if you're on performance enhancing supplements. You're still working hard. You still have to like for example like Sage about him. He's been shredded since he's been a kid. I'm sure he's always had to put in work on his physique. I mean, just if you take steroids, you don't automatically get jacked. Like that's just, that's a major misconception. You have to put in still a lot of work, an insane yeah, amount yeah, of work to get to that point that in your career. So, um, it, at that point, like yeah, ninety, I'd say ninety percent of one FC dudes probably at some at the same point. Yeah, it's in that way, it's fair because there is no drug testing. So who really cares? Mm-hmm. So, oh, yeah, um, I'm on the same page. That's just pretty much my thoughts on it. As far as moving, last question, who does Steven Thompson fight after he beats Gobert Burns? So not only – Oh, shit. This person predicts the win. It's, it's just we're insinuating. Like this, it's automatic, I guess. Uh, um, title shot, right? Yeah, he should. Let's go into – he should get a title shot. He won't, though. Well, depends on what kind of performance he has, too, you know, because if Uncle Dana – 
see something he likes, he, Dana, Uncle Dana will make it happen, you know? Yeah, I suppose so. Um, at the same time, though, man, I really think I wonder if that's part of the reason why they have not made that fight yet between Colby and and Kamaru is that Kamaru is waiting to see yeah. how Wonder Boy looks. Because let me say this, dude, Wonder Boy versus Kamaru has been a fight that I've wanted for a long time. Honestly, I've talked about it before. I think I would pick Usman to beat every single dude in the welterweight division. I think the dude who has the most interesting stylistic problems for him is probably Wonder Boy. Hey man, Even don't spell my boy Burns. I know, I know. You're on the Gilbert Burns train. I mean, we already saw how that went, though. I know, but he didn't fight the fight how he should have, Josh. If I was in his corner, <laughs> it would have been different. I know, I know. But so, I mean, in this in this world, Stephen Thompson beats Gilbert Burns. Should he get a title shot? Yes, he should fight for a title. What will he probably end up doing? He'll probably have to sit on the bench like everybody else. Um possibly fight the winner of Luke Kiesa. I don't like it, but that's the way the welterweight division is. Hey, that'd be a good fight, though, too. Whoever gets out of those, that'd be a good fight as well. For sure. But we all know if Wonderboy wants to get a title shot, he needs to sit on the bench for a year and bitch about everybody else. (laughs) Um, But yeah, man. I mean, as far as it goes, that's all fan questions. Um, But Angel, I do want to talk about a quick sponsor of ours real quick before we go ahead and proceed. Uh, And that sponsor is Monkey Knife Fight. Monkey Knife Fight is a daily fantasy sports gaming website for the casual sports fan that is simple, fun, and easy to play. You determine which superstars competing in the day's professional sporting events will record more or less of the contest line provided. Monkey Knife Fight's daily fantasy prop games play similar to that salary cap daily fantasy sports games without the algorithms or outlines, most importantly, shards. There are several contests to choose from, none of which require hours of research required on competing sites. Start with a simple Super 2 over the highest payout up to 100 times and higher by selecting an 8 for 8 more or less contest. So get started now with a 100% engine match bonus up to $50 promo code courtside. Uh, so obviously you can go ahead and use Monkey Knife Fight for this weekend whenever the UFC is go- – well, not the UFC. I guess it would be next weekend where UFC is going on. And then also the NBA, which, Angel, speaking of it, it's finally time. You have been waiting for a long time for not only your Phoenix Suns to even make the finals. Not for hey, the man, not as long as some other people, though. Let me tell you. Just for them to be a competent team. And they put it all together, man. Phoenix eliminates the Clippers. Game six. How are you feeling, my man? It's finally here. It's finally happening. What are your thoughts, man? It it looks like, I don't want to jinx anything, but it looks like it very well may happen. You guys may be NBA Finals champions. Uh, Dude, I mean, let let me put it out there. I... I didn't think for a while. At one point in my lifetime, I thought I was like, I might not never see them win or be very competitive in the playoffs, or maybe just make it to the playoffs but not be very good. Uh, Josh, I can almost die in peace now. I just need to experience a couple more things in my life, and I'll be happy with it. Just so you know. <laughs> as far as sports wise, there's other things I want to accomplish. Just yeah, of course. <laughs> there's other things I want to accomplish, like you know, like being on Joe Rogan. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, Have Joe Rogan on here. <laughs> Joe Rogan on here. Talk to Mike Tyson. Uh, you know, shit like that. Yeah. Uh, but uh, no, dude, it, it's it's been a crazy wild journey. I, I was so happy to see that game end the way it did, and obviously CP3 gave a lot of a lot of love to book. And uh, I mean, hey man, all these NBA fans have been quiet, man. Let me tell you, there's they can't really they can't argue with what's going on right now. Like, what can you what can you say about this team in a negative way? You know what I mean? You can't say this team's a super team. You can't say they didn't earn their way here. Even with the injuries, dude, it's not like we didn't deal with our own shit. Hey, round one, we play LeBron James and Anthony Davis with an upgraded team, former champs first round. Hey, it's not like we didn't get hard competition off the bat. Hey, we lost CP3 with a shoulder injury for some of those games. We still won that series. Yeah, they lost AD, but hey, man, so we lost one of our good players too during yeah. that. Jamal Murray was already out for the most of the season for the Nuggets, but hey, man, the Nuggets were still a good team, performed well, and we played them NBA. in the following round. And we beat the and it was a reigning MVP, right? Beat them. Uh, you know, Booker has a good performance. Uh, I think we had uh, we even had Abdul Nader out for a while, which I know Abdul Nader isn't a big part of our rotation, but he's still a guy we can fit in with, you know, just certain sets and stuff. And just having another person is nice. Uh, and uh, we come out here and play the Clippers. Hey man, Chris Paul got COVID. We didn't have Chris Paul. They didn't have Kawhi Leonard. Shit, you can't say too much there about us because hey, we didn't have our guy either. Uh, we also lost Kyle Johnson for one of our games there, and uh, he's dealing with an injury. We even lost Campaign at one point. So it's it's like, you know, it's not like we haven't been injured either. It's not like we haven't had to deal with our own hobbling. And on top of that, Booker broke his nose and had to wear a mask. 
Like, it, you really can't argue that the team didn't have to deal with its own adversity when it comes to that kind of stuff uh, and how far they've made it and how young they are and kind of everything they've done. Uh, obviously, this is very easy for me to say because I'm a Suns fan, but it, these are some these are just facts. I'm, I'm just putting facts out there. No one can really hate on us, uh, really, for the kind of performance we're having because we've we've genuinely earned our way here in the most competitive and and best fashion ever. I mean, I think this is one of the few times that this this is really not like a super team. Brandon, a lot of these guys, their career isn't done, so we won't be looking back and being like, you know, I don't know in a few years what campaign will end up being, and I don't know in a few years what Mikael Bridges will look at the end of his career. And same with Cam Johnson. I mean, they might be, you know. Also, just major stars maybe still on the Suns or maybe on another team. I don't know how life will play out, right? But uh, it's it's this is at its core right now. This is a team that is uh, leaving a great legacy right now as it stands. And at the end of the day, whenever we talk about the Suns and bring up Devin Booker on his first ring, no one will ever remember that Anthony went, Anthony Davis went down, Chris Paul was hurt with his shoulder, that all these little nitty-gritty stuff happened in this playoff series if they are to win. Mm-hmm. Of course, and that is the important thing, is if they are to win, obviously they're still going to face the winner of the Bucs and the Hawks, which both those teams super banged up right now, and I think even if they're healthy, I'd still pick the Suns, but regardless, dude, I think you just laid it out really well. I mean, look, in the previous years, there's been... It's hard to really kind of, like, say, oh, this team, you know, people always dog them, right? It's always going to be haters, it's always going to be, you know, douchebag NBA fans, we're always going to try and devalue it. And I've seen it a couple of times, you know, with, with this Suns team. Now, it's not been by anybody even moderately intelligent. It's just those Twitter dudes that the only thing they know how to reply is with the ratio. Um, you know what I mean? You, you've which seen is, the times. Which is now is the worst argument ever, dude. Like, at first I was like, okay, this is a decent comeback. It's but a, now it's so yeah. now it's so overused. It's like, dude, it's not even a good comment to say to anybody now. It's so overused. It is. It's not even funny, but it's, you know the dudes. The NBA stands out there. It's like, you know, Rockets number one fan, and, like, they're always applying with shit. But nobody you, of any— You know, Braun, Mickey Mastering, Mount Dan. Like, you exactly, know, as, much shit as, as, dudes. as yeah. much shit as I give LeBron and all that, like, it is kind of annoying to see that shit. It's the same thing. Like, like I mean, you saw it last year. Every single—I mean, here's my thing. Is point I'm making here is that every single NBA champ— always has this year doesn't count because blank like every single fan does that every single year i saw it last year i saw it the year before that i saw it the year before that i think those these preceding years you can have some sort of an argument though you know what i mean like for example i mean the the Kawhi year i never really agreed with that criticism but obviously clay got hurt in game six i think um and obviously they didn't have kd for much for much if at any any at all for that series maybe atlanta for like two quarters um but you know what I mean? Like, you can't help injuries, you know? Um, the yeah. KD Warriors years, they it don't count. It always happens, dude. It always happens. You can go back to every series. It always happens in the NBA playoffs. It's just a fact. Sports are, dude. I mean, these guys have been playing for 82 Actually, John, games. Plus right playoffs. here. Prime prime example. And it's, and it's and people are going to probably shit on last year with the Chiefs, Josh. Can you agree with me on that? Decent example. Decent example. I think – well, I think last year's Chiefs team is almost like an example that, like, it's kind of – that one's an over-the-top example because the Chiefs last year are injured like no team I've seen. You know what I mean? Because, like, very rarely do you see, like, a legitimate – and I don't think you really compare to base basketball in this way just because, like, literally every single offensive lineman is out. So I'm not sure if you compare it that way, but I think in the NBA way – um, every single year, every single team will have a, almost a major injury in the playoffs. Dudes play rougher. They, they're not going to get as many calls. They've also put their body to the limit for the last six, seven months. So it's pretty natural. I mean, the only reason I was making the comparison is because, you know, the whole thing happened last game. And also, dude, at one point, you know, we played Chad Henney. You know what I mean? It's like they really had to go through it. It's, you know what I mean? It's, it's, it's shit like that, you know? It's shit that things people would have forgot if they would have ended up winning and, and, and stuff that happened, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm, for sure. That's why I'm making the comparison. Okay, yeah, I follow. But um, as far as it goes, even if even if they if, and this is like obviously speaking from like our perspective, as like I'm a, I'm a, I'm not a Suns fan, but I've rooted for the Suns like the last few years because I know you're a Suns fan. Um Whenever they win, I'm not going to give a shit. I know you won't give a shit. And, like, <laughs> the players won't give a shit. So, like, why does it matter? Like, I like in that way, it's just in that respect, like you said, years from now, if they win, 
nobody's going to look at D-Book getting his first ring like, oh, my God, Jamal Murray was out. Like, like it's, Jamal, it's not like Jamal Murray wasn't out the whole season, you know? Exactly. It's like, oh, my God, but Kawhi Leonard was out. That sentence can be used for half of Kawhi Leonard's career. <laughs> like, like, it's just, it's stupid. Like, yeah, and then the LeBron AD thing, like, yeah, AD was injured and missed, like, what, two games, three games? But, like, even, even shit like that, it's like, it's not like AD isn't prone to getting injured. And CB3 was also injured, and it's, like, and they even had AD for that final game, and they still lost. And they, had and they played him, which was a little stupid, too. I felt like they should have, like, tried to push him late in the quarter. I mean, that's another whole thing. Yeah, for sure. And, but also, it's not like they, it's not like... They were losing that series before AD went down. <laughs> oh, yeah, I know. So it's, it's, still, it's, it's, it's just like a logic thing that I thought about. It was like you can't even – that that Lakers series is probably like the easiest series out of all of them outside of the Nuggets. Yeah, for sure. I mean, didn't they both go six games, both the Lakers and Clippers? Or yeah, the Lakers both L- I think both LA teams did. Or okay. actually, we might have we beat the Lakers in five. I don't remember. I want to say it was six, but I, I also I, – I don't remember. I don't remember either. I just remember the games like Fair happening. I, like I can't, I can't even think of fucking exactly how they went down. I can check real quick. I have it pulled up. Okay. Uh, it ended in. I just passed it. Do do do. Six. It ended in six. Yeah. So. Yeah. It could, so, it could yeah. have been done quicker too, by the way. Oh yeah, for sure. Um, but as far as it goes, man. Uh, we're for almost almost to the finals, man. I know we both said Hawks, probably. Um, actually, I think we both said Bucks, if I remember correctly. But also, I don't hey, man. remember because these after are filmed. The, I, I, after <laughs> the last performance, man, shit, they might do it without Giannis. I got to give him respect. Mm, for sure. I mean, look, man, it's all Brooke Lopez. <laughs> it's just... just, just uh, dude, and multiple guys showed up on that team. I mean, you got to give love to all those guys. I mean, they really showed out. I mean, Brooke Lopez literally had a 33-point performance. I mean, we can't overlook it. He but, won like 33-10-10 or something insane. 33-0-7. Uh, not as crazy as you thought, but still really Not good. as crazy as I thought. Not at all. Okay. But, dude, Bobby Portis showed out, too. Like, they, they was just the most unexpected shit. Like, they didn't have Giannis, and they just they just they went crazy. Yeah, man. And look, hey, hey good for him. Good, good, good for that entire team, dude. Because after Giannis went down, I'm like, oh, that's GG. That is, that is GG, my guy. That's what I was thinking too. But then Trey didn't play that game, so I'm like, uh. But even then, without Trey, I was like, oh damn, I'm still not really worried about it. Because I mean, Hawks were winning that game with without Trey against Giannis before Giannis went down. So I was like, oh man, that's gonna be tough. But then they just they curb stopped him, bro. Yeah. Yeah, but they really did. Um, and I mean, they play tomorrow, dude. I mean. They this could still go to seven games, and Trey Young could come back and take it, push it to game seven. So that's absolutely possible. This is I think crazy. If Trey comes back. Um, I'm leaning, um, I'm leaning Hawks, but also like it, it's as simple as this for me. If Trey Young's come back, if Trey Young comes back, I'm gonna go Hawks. If he doesn't, Bucks. That's as simple as it is for me. I don't know, dude. That Bucks team really showed out, showed some good talent. They were able to play. They were able to play. I think different because Giannis wasn't there, which yeah. is kind of crazy to think about. Uh, I mean, who knows if they'll be able to recreate that again? If they are, I mean, good for them, dude. I mean, they're they'll be in the playoffs, and then I, do we have a word if Giannis is going to be coming back or anything? Uh, I just got the update right now. Which report? There's belief that if um they go to a game seven, Giannis may be able to come back. Ik, he'll probably force himself like eighty to come back. Absolutely, yeah. Alrighty. Is that is that the one thing we got on NBA news? Is I do have another thing related to NBA that we might even have in here. Uh, I don't. Yeah, I don't, go ahead and go with your NBA news. I don't got anything. Okay, Josh. Well, Bleacher Report came out earlier in the morning today that the 76ers reportedly rejected a trade for the Pacers' Malcolm Brogdon in a first round for Ben Simmons. Mm. Uh, man. Well, what are you? What are you kind of your early thoughts on that? Uh, and kind of that that whole thing happening. I don't know. Obviously, that was quick, too. I didn't think they would uh, have talks this quick already, but I guess they were like, yep, time to move on. So Ben Simmons is on the block. They're, they're trying to get rid of him. I think it's it needs to happen. I mean, honestly, I think, I mean, the process is over. The process is over, dude. It doesn't work. <laughs> the, the process has come to a close because we've seen this experiment three or four years now, and I, I like Ben Simmons a lot, and he clearly has good attributes, 
He just does not fit good enough within this team for them to win a championship. And for him, him to perform for himself either. Yeah, and for him, like, as the second best, best player on the team behind Joel, it's just, it's not a good enough fit for them to go out and win a chip. Which is honestly all that really matters. I mean, like, Philly, you know, oh, first year, second year, uh, the process, obviously, of those two. It's like, oh, yeah, you know, they may almost made the Eastern Conference Finals. You know, they got bounced in the second round. It's all good, man. They're young. But now, after another two years of it, and whenever, especially after this year, when they were the number one seed, and they lost to the Hawks, it's like, you can't really make excuses anymore. I mean, we know that it doesn't work for those two, like, together as a duo. I'm honestly surprised they didn't take that. I thought Malcolm Brogdon would have been a pretty decent fit. Yeah, I understand. They're probably just waiting to see if they can get a bigger haul, though. I mean, most teams aren't even really thinking about potential trades right now. Yeah, I know. It's not even over. <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah, but a lot of teams are out. And granted, there's, you know, Olymp- you know, Olympics and all that shit's about to happen. And some international players need to get ready to get going and go train with their teams. Is obviously most of the time they're in America. They're not overseas training with their Olympic team. So they need to go get in their rotation and figure out how they're going to play for the Olympics, you know? Mm-hmm. There's a lot of shit like that, too, as well. And uh, obviously, uh, we're going to get back to what will be a normal season, normal preseason. Like, next year, we're going back to normal, aren't we? Is that kind of what's going to happen? Isn't that what we're kind of looking? I believe so. It's all going back to normal. Yeah, normal draft day, normal everything. So, yeah, no, that's going to be crazy. And obviously, they did the – they dropped the balls. So, we saw how everything uh, went down. Was it Detroit who ended up with the first pick? I could be wrong. Uh, Yeah, it was Detroit. Yeah, which they're in desperate need of that. But they have a lot of – they have some good young guys that I really like. So, I'm not really worried about them, and hopefully they bring in some young talent that can help them out. Uh, the Warriors got like a decent pick too. I heard a rumor that the Warriors are thinking about uh, trading James Wiseman. That'd be interesting. Yeah, James Wiseman, someone else, and like maybe their pick. I don't know, and like get another big player. I forgot who I saw. I saw someone crazy, and I was like, what? And I'm like, they could get away with that, but that'd be. I'm like, holy fuck, they really are making a super team again. Mm-hmm. Well, I know they're gonna try. <laughs> oh yeah, definitely. Shit, I mean, they got a good team now with Kelly Oubre, uh, and then the guys that got in there, James Wiseman. Shit, if Clay Thompson comes back, it's and they got Steph Curry, and they still got Draymond. I mean, shit, dude, that's a championship team still. Exactly. Uh, which is a scary thought for some of us. I don't think that that team, if they were to go ahead and get, for example, if they were just going, if, if it was a normal team with Clay back, I don't think they're out of consider at all. Um, I think they still need one more big piece, honestly. It's not a decent guy. I'm sure they'll get someone, though. I mean, I was just surprised that they were, like, thinking about moving on from James Wiseman, especially since they did a pretty good job with him. I mean, he had decent performances. I mean, he was uh, – he did well. Obviously not the middle of ball rookie of the year status, you know. But, uh, yeah. you know, it still came out here and did his thing. And, obviously, free agency and all of that's about to go down here soon and trades and all that. So we'll be keeping up with that. I mean, Josh, I mean, contract extensions. I mean, con- uh, mm-hmm. I mean, Lonzo was on a contract year, and I mean, I, Josh, I wish I could find a clip because I was going to send it to you after Lonzo had a good year, and you were like, I don't know, I really just kind of gave up on Lonzo, and it's like, and I was going to show you like Lonzo's stats compared to last year, and like games that he had, and it's like, this is probably the best year he's played, had the best percentages, like, like literally everything. I'm like, yep, that that's what I expected. Fair enough, I guess. I mean, I look, I I still. As far as my belief in Lonzo, it's not that he can't be a fine role player, but like, I don't know. I just, I'm still not a believer in Lonzo. I just don't think he'll be as good as we want him to be. He's. Still- I mean, I mean, he'll be good. I mean, he'll definitely always be star caliber or starting point guard type guy. You know what I mean? Like, will he he'll be def- though? I think he's the kind of guy you want running your offense. I feel like he can be. I never. He's a solid passer, good vision. He's improved a lot. Good defender. It's it's the kind of guy you want on your team. All right. I mean, I'm not gonna argue because like I've made my opinion of Lonzo very known. <laughs> and, and just wait, Josh. Just wait till Leangelo makes it into the league and they can trade and they can trade for Lamelo. Oh, big Dude, baller those brand. Three days. Whenever all three of them were in the NBA. Yes, I did. And you know, whenever Leangelo was on, and then their old teammate. Pistons, maybe. I don't know. They'll. Yeah, he was with the Pistons for. A and with OKC before that, but you know, yeah. we let him go. Yeah, hopefully he can make his way back to the league and maybe uh, have a good performance. He's definitely one of those guys that I think I think I just want to see what he can do. That's that's my big thing. Uh, 
And their cousin, their old, I don't know if it's their cousin, their old teammate. That's what it is. He's just their old teammate. I don't think it's his cousin, but their old teammate, Onyeka Okongwu, he's on the Hawks. Shit, they could, they, all three of them, they could have the old Chino Hills lineup back in the NBA. Oh, shit. They, they could be running that Chino Hills offense, man. Just fucking throw that shit down the court. I mean, this is, this is a big possibility at some point. I, 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 you know, I, I do think at some point in my lifetime, I would love to see how Lonzo and LaMelo play together on the court. I think it's a reasonable possibility. Um, just by virtue of, uh, first of all, I mean, we know that Lamelo's not going anywhere. Lonzo, though, I could see him potentially making his way to, like, Lamelo's team at some point. Just by virtue of him being, I mean, he's a free agent this year. Shit. I mean, who knows? Uh, but, yeah, I think he'll be able to extend it. Unless he wants to go with his brother. Unless they're in talks with that. I don't know if that's a possibility or not. Because that'd be kind of crazy, though. Cause... And then they bring in Leangelo. Because, I mean, it's not like anybody else wants him. <laughs> no, but, it, but it, my whole thing is, like, I... Uh... This is a good situation in Orleans. I mean, they're full of young talent, and they have fucking Zion. <laughs> they have Xanos. I mean, th- th- that guy is a fucking unit, Josh. We saw it this year. Like, they didn't lead to wins, but it's like, yeah. Like, <laughs> we, you know, it's it's no fucking surprise. It's We know fucking Zion is going to be good. You know what I mean? Yeah. Just give I, him time. He's going to get better, which is the fucking scary part. Speaking, so actually, I just looked it up. Apparently, there's rumors that uh, they might actually sign LiAngelo. Uh, Charlotte might. Fuck so it's, we might actually have because apparently that's what we could I get guess, all three big ballers. All right, team. it might happen. I don't know. That's I love hilarious. to see it. I think it'd just be a fun thing, man. It doesn't have to be a successful experiment, but I think it'd be fun. Yeah, it'd be fun. And it'd just be cool, you know, as brothers. I think it'd be cool to see all three guys play one time. Mm-hmm. All three guys one time on the court, and it, dude, if they were fucking the, like a nasty trio, you know, doing some and one shit out here, that'd be sick, dude. That'd be a good storyline, and that would bring a lot of eyes to the NBA. I mean, you saw how many eyes they brought outside of the NBA. Mm-hmm. So just imagine what they could do in the NBA if they were to recreate some magic like that. Yeah, of course. But uh, as far as the NBA goes, man, is there anything else we want to talk about before we close out? Uh, not really right now. I'm just gonna mention some stuff to you mm-hmm. off the podcast that I don't. Just don't need to mention it on air. Nothing bad or anything. It's just stuff that I don't want to talk about regarding some sports stuff, coming weeks, just plans, you know. Yeah. Not some stuff. Uh, really excited. You know what I mean? That's really what it is. Of course, man. And well, if uh, you guys did enjoy the show this week, as always, go ahead and support us on the social medias at Quartet Sound One. I'm at Josh Emoff. He's at Andrew underscore O one. Make sure to subscribe, rate us on Apple. We only have three or four reviews. We gotta bump that shit up. Um, but as always, hope you guys enjoyed. Peace and butt grease. Mouse click.